millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, M. Night Shyamalan sends some aliens Mel Gibson's way as the faithless father tries to protect his offspring from some marauding monsters with the help of instructions from beyond the grave. From 2002, we're observing signs. While in the blue corner, Steven Spielberg sends Dad Tom Cruise on an impossible mission, traversing the US to return his screaming daughter and desperate-for-a-fight son to their mum, while avoiding tripods and dodging a dodgy Tim Robbins. From 2005, it's War of the Worlds. What can make geometric shapes the size of a football field? What kind of machine can bend a stock of corn over without breaking it? Can't be by hand, it's too perfect. So the aliens can't read our minds. Oh. Some animals around the county have been acting funny. Some of them violent. It's almost like they act when they smell a predator around. Eight thirty? We said eight o'clock. Hello, Dad. Get a hug? Robbie's got a paper, which he's yet to begin. I just gotta type it up. You just gotta start writing it first. Take care of our kids. You got nothing to worry about. That is so weird. The wind is blowing toward the storm. It's okay. Lightning doesn't strike twice. So it's an alien altercation this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. My ballet recital. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part one of Signs versus War of the Worlds. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. We'll be doing Signs today and War of the Worlds on Thursday, at which point we'll declare which is the better film. So, yeah. Mm, here we are. Yes. Moment <laughs> of truth time. <laughs> what? Well, reminders of the clue you gave on last week's show. The clue that created a little bit of friction in the room. It did. But ultimately, you stood by, and I respect you for that, as I'm sure Chris will back me up. 100%, you, yeah. I would like to hear it again. Okay. I still haven't got my head around it. So, Ors well, but ors mm, yep. and O-R-S, yep. well, yep. that ends well, right. question mark. Right, Oof. 
<laughs> so the thing oh, no, is, it's fine. Oh, okay. Don't explain it right now. Okay. okay. Let's let's leave a little bit of jeopardy while I, while I come to the the, the guesses. Uh, so, uh, Chris, uh, just remind me, did you follow up on Twitter with anything? Didn't need to. Didn't need to. No. Uh, so your guest has invaded our Twitter account where we are at Clash Pod, also on Instagram and TikTok at Clash Pod. If you've been in the business for a little extra clash, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel, completely free of charge. So. <laughs> <laughs> The guesses. Go on. Now, why don't you tell us how many guesses were correct? How many do you think? I, got, I can't get a, a handle on the usual amount that comes in, so it'd be hard to guess. I don't know. I got one person got it right, mm. therefore it was an amazing clue. Okay. It's close. <laughs> okay. You're one away from that. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, cool. Well done, you two. Well done. So not a single person got it right. That makes it the best clue. <laughs> it was incredible, the range of answers. Wasn't it? <laughs> I've got them. Right. Oh. <laughs> just in case, it was almost like people wanted to confirm just how batshit your clue was. I, I still think it's fine. What? Okay, you explain it and I'll tell you what the guesses are. Oh my are. God, did Orson Wells not narrate War of the Worlds? Yeah, sure. So what, what else is there to do? Like, it's fine. There's two films. There's two films. Yeah, no, and this, I'm, I am guilty of maybe not making the bridge because I get really hung if I think of something that makes me laugh it's, that it's will 50% of yeah. it has to be the yeah. second film yeah but that will kind of do and then a question mark is, is a, a symbol <laughs> is a sign it's a symbol not a sign oh, is a sign uh, Rob Shear 1984 versus Animal Farm right yeah fair yeah. enough yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually goes as far to say the films of George Orr well, ah, right, yes, but but he got it wrong because different or right. <laughs> Rob McLean, Citizen Kane versus the Third Man, getting better. <laughs> uh, Robert Farley, Touch of Evil versus Mank. Oh yeah, fine. Yeah. Diff- uh, again, look at what you've done, <laughs> Russell. <It's> carnage, Russell. <laughs> Life of Pi versus 127 hours. I mean, it's all over the place. What? Oh, because of oars. He doesn't have oars. Yeah, he gets. No, that's what it is. He gets stuck, doesn't he? Because he doesn't have any oars. John Izzard. Blood Diamond versus Enemy Mine. Okay. Oh, I, I know. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, worry. Yeah, yeah. God, they're clever. Yeah. They're smarter yeah. than you two. Yeah. Uh, so, factually, not a great, great clue. But you rolled the dice. I didn't roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, statistically, yeah. you did. <laughs> I have it in front of me right here. Do you see the torture, though? Because if I'd done something that was like super easy, which I, P.S. I can't do anyway, mm. they just come out as they come out. That's a bad clue because everybody gets it. So there's this sweet spot that's so hard to get because one is super close to zero, isn't it? So it's really hard. <laughs> yes. That's the challenge. Yeah, okay. Oh. All right, now I understand. Hey, look, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and to be fair, you focused on one film. Yeah. A lot of people got that one film. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I, not necessarily the right version. No. I think someone made up a version. Someone said 2019's War of the World. Brilliant. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, yeah. There is that. Weirdly, I didn't choose to read out those answers. Okay, but, but thanks to everyone who guessed War of the World. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right then, no prize this week. We'll move straight on to the connection section. Aliens that fail to do their research, mm. slash stupid aliens, slash what were you thinking, aliens? This, this, it's due diligence, the double bill, mm. isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Someone's getting fired. <laughs> yeah, you had one job, Steve. Is there, fucking, is there water on uh, there? Elements. Are you joking? Air, water... <laughs> 
<laughs> They've got elements. Yeah. Elements, fuck us. Uh, can Steve come to the bridge, please? Uh, why? A lot of our people down there are dead. Uh, yeah, that's about... Oh, hiding in the basement. Uh, but sad dads. Sons not believing that their dads can protect them. High-pitched child screams, which I have quite a high tolerance for, but this was too much for me, both of these films. Uh, uh, yes, I'm, I've written down the screaming a couple of times. Yeah. But then I've got a very adorable quote from Dakota Fanning that made me feel bad. Oh, okay. um, but adorable daughters and sons who are good at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Specific. <laughs> uh, harvesting humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Daughters saying things that aren't fundamentally funny are funny. Dakota says, uh, trees are funny. And obviously, little Abigail Breslin is like, well, water tastes funny. Right, yeah. Water and trees, not, not necessarily funny, <laughs> but apparently funny in these movies. The children do <laughs> flip between the news and cartoons in both of these films. Mm. I don't know if they're trying to tell us something there. Well, watching aliens on the news yeah. and also aliens reflected in surfaces. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, I mean, yeah. ultimately, they're about seeing the invasion through the eyes of a family. Because neither of these films do what most of these films do, which is zoom out and give us a lot of big picture mm. stuff. Here you just get glimpses, but actually this isn't the Roland Emmerich version, is it? Either mm. one of these. This, yeah. this, is, this is the very sort of the minutiae of what's happening in one, amongst one family. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I've got a boring geography one. A geography one. I don't think it'll be boring. Uh, fine. No, I feel like that means we're coming to the end of the connection <laughs> section today. Both are uh, set around the uh, northeastern uh, area of the United States. Pennsylvania is very close to bordering Connecticut and New Jersey, which is obviously where the second film takes place on Thursday. <laughs> the world. Obviously, signs is it. Uh, it's like back in the middle of all Pennsylvania. Right, that's all right. Yeah. Great. That's all right. Yeah, like great. That, and a, br- a grim one, 9-11. Um, we'll talk about that on both of them, but there was certainly an influence behind the scenes and in front of the camera, particularly on yeah. War of the Worlds. That's all I've got. Uh, I've got a final one. Good. It's a good one to end on. Right. Both these films have exactly 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Oh, well done. <laughs> Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Well done. Yeah. And yeah. both these films, Alex and I thought, came out the wrong way around. Weird. Did, did, I, actually, did I anyone else have well. it? Yeah. yeah. Why? There's something know. weird about the fact all of us thought Signs was after War of the Worlds. Yeah. Maybe it's aged better. Perhaps. That's the case. Mm. Right then, let's get into this. On Thursday, I'll be going for a run with Tom Cruise, which means today Chris is having his regular Tuesday, wandering round cornfields, disorientated and scared. Chris takes on a journey. Signs is the story of a priest who loses his faith, a dumb baseball hitter, a girl who doesn't like water, and a boy whose personality is asthma. <laughs> All of which is unrelated, right? Wrong, as this is an M. Night Shyamalan joint. So in a single revelatory moment, the priest regains his faith, the hitter swings away, that asthma saves the boy, and that water hurts the aliens. Just like water hurt Bruce Willis in Knight's last movie, Unbreakable. But if it ain't broke, I guess. <laughs> but there's another way of looking at this film. As signed is also the story of a caged alien who goes after the man who unprovoked cut off his fingers, <laughs> making us the villains. <laughs> so, Vicky and Alex, when did you first see signs? Starting with you, Vicky. Oh, nothing exciting. So uh, on the sky box, as was back in the day, I was entertained. I was very moved as well. And I was slightly annoyed, which is what happens when you watch M. Night Shyamalan films yeah. as a rule. Or when you sit with us for a podcast. Sure. I feel like the same emotions. Sure. When you have to come up with a clue. Have to come up with. Do my work. Did a clue. 
Right. You're making it sound like my arm was twisted and I was like, off the top of my head, this is the best I can do. I put thought into it. I was pleased with it. I know. And I expect it to be accepted. Okay. It, was, it was accepted. Was it? There was a bit of back and forth. We waited a week. <laughs> a week. Secretly plotting. <laughs> we drew no. our plans against you. No, I mean, we did discuss it in the toilets, right? didn't we? We were like, did you get it? No, did you get it? No. All right, let's go and ask her. Um, Alex, what did you I watched it for MTV. So it was what? It was in 2002. So this was one of the first movies I watched for my MTV show back in the day. And I mm. was super excited about this because mm-hmm. every new M. Night Shyamalan movie was a big deal. Like mm. from uh, from Sixth Sense to this. There was still, you know, Unbreakable, maybe not as well received as Sixth Sense. But this was still quite an exciting thing. And I remember seeing the big billboards on the tube. And I was like, I cannot wait for this. Mm. So I went to a screening. And yeah, I watched this. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying anything more. Okay. Because there's a really big fact, which I'm going to save, because I always do it early on, and I'm going to save for the verdict. Good for you. Uh, mine's pretty much the same. Super excited about Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, this, a couple more, and then things changed a bit until more recently. Mm. But yeah, this was a proper event. Mm. This was, he. This is really when he was at peak New Spielberg. Yeah. And so, yeah, went to the cinema, and I liked it. Yeah. Okay, fine, we can go there. I liked it too. I liked it a lot. And actually, I've watched it a few times since through choice. This is possibly my most revisited M. Night movie. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, sixth sense for me, but I'd say I've seen this. This is my third watch. Okay, this is my fifth. Excellent. Very good stuff. Mm. Right, let's do a bit of uh, background. So, signs came from two ideas uh, that M. Night had. One was that a family finds a crop circle in their backyard, and the other was an end-of-the-world movie, a la Night of the Living Dead, where it's from the perspective of a house. Right. So, um, he, so he said a lot at the time, and even more since, about why he made this movie. And a lot of it was as a backlash to what happened to him on Unbreakable where he made a film that was maybe more dour than it needed to be and audiences and critics didn't like it. And so he thought, am I getting this wrong? Do I need to entertain more? Let's make something that still means something, but is lighter than Unbreakable. Hmm. He thinks he got the balance wrong for that one, the balance between art and entertainment. Um, He said maybe Unbreakable was too much art and not enough entertainment. And he said it costs a lot of money to do this art form. And when you decide to take that money, no matter how much that is, you are making a commitment to the audience. And so Signs was me saying, don't take the money unless you're having fun and you're entertaining. Um, He told Disney he wants to make a movie that's joyous and doesn't have the lens of burden on it that Unbreakable had. But also, this is classic night, it has to have global significance. (laughs) (laughs) Don't undersell yourself, (laughs) night. I end up in a bit of an auction and Disney won. So he he said Disney wanted to work with them, but then he wrote it on spec and there was a bidding war and ultimately Disney did get it. I'm going to get more. I've got some Disney quotes for when we finish talking about the film because the aftermath of this is quite. Did you ever read this, the night book that that happened around the time of Lady in the Water where he just exploded his relationship with Disney? And okay, interesting quotes coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mel Gibson was a last minute addition to this film, so uh, Paul Newman is who he wrote it for. Oh, really? So a much older, obviously, much older man, mm-hmm. okay. a, a much older priest who's coming to terms with with with. with you know, loss of religion. Uh, Paul Newman was not interested. Um, he then went to Clint Eastwood, right? who couldn't do it uh, for scheduling conflicts. So uh, he dropped the age of the character and he said, Mel was a natural after Mr. Newman declined. They have the same kind of haunted eyes. Oh, agree. 
Do you think? Yeah. I've never you? thought Paul Newman has haunted heart eyes. Sorry, yeah, I was thinking pretty. of Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> I almost... He you almost... were thinking of Steve McQueen. That's oh. what you were thinking of. They're the same. Right. Yeah. Exactly the same, yeah. as we proved on The Towering Inferno. Yeah. Impossible to tell apart. Interchangeable. Yeah. And I guess uh, Paul Newman, I mean, I guess he acted haunted in Road to Perdition. Yeah. But the eyes were still icy blue. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other weird uh, casting fact I'd forgotten, Mark Ruffalo uh, was doing this film until the very last minute. He had a serious inner ear problem that required surgery was actually very ended up being very serious it was a cyst or something yeah tumor i read somewhere but yeah yeah bad. uh he got really sick and knight said we waited until a week before filming before saying to joaquin phoenix do you want this role because we really want the other guy <laughs> <laughs> i mean ruffalo would have been great but i'm a big sure. fan of phoenix in mm. this role 100 percent. Mm. i mean they're two of the best actors of their generation and mm. yeah it, it worked out uh he said it was the easiest script to write in his entire career and the easiest movie to shoot this is the most joyous experience he's had. That's so interesting because obviously it feels like it feels like a script that is because the the, the whole idea of this movie is coincidence. Mm. It's like the stuff that you would normally try and disguise as a screenwriter in like, you know, your setups and payoffs you have to put up front because it's like that's the theme of the movie. It's now it's coincidence because the theme of this movie is like, oh, well, look, we mentioned baseball here, and he turns. It turns out that's that's the key at the yeah. end. So as opposed to sort of like you know creating a bit of subterfuge and going, yeah. oh, and oh, then you shit. go, oh, I didn't realize I'd yeah. seen that. Yeah. yeah, this is like going, look, yeah. baseball, mm. look, trouble, yeah. using a baseball bat. Yeah, when he goes into that army office and they start talking about baseball, and you're like, oh, am I supposed to be paying attention to this because it's very, it's incongruous otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. This, this baby it's, monitor. This could be incongruous, the yeah. movie. <laughs> this baby monitor will work as a walkie talkie, which can pick up any radio signal. It's like, I wonder if that's going to come. Oh, hello. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to end on that. I thought this was the most fascinating quote um, he said about this film. M. Night Shyamalan said, Every day I question whether I should have become a doctor, but it wasn't that way on this movie. It was fun. Okay. Every day of his life, he thinks he's done the wrong thing. Wow. When he's looking thought, at his bank balance. Gonna, it, it's, look, it looks like it's going pretty well from where I'm sitting. Uh, right, let's get into the movie. Unless anyone's got anything else? No. Okay. So we've got long credits with all the names coming up and some pretty... Uh, Incongruous music. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about that? Love it. Yeah, love it. Really sets the scene. Yeah. So it's it's a big score. He called it a three note motif. It's James Newton Howard, isn't it? Um, intense. The idea is to grab your attention, and it's. I think it's a blue background, isn't it? And and it's night saying, "I want to tell you a story in big big primary colours." That's how mm-hmm. he referred to it. And then. I mean, we're into it pretty quickly, aren't we? Mel Gibson, dad wakes up, there's a family photo, the kids are missing, he finds crop circles. Oh, behind the scenes. Oh. Quick question. Go on. What's, what's the priest doing with all that corn? Is he a great question? Is he a priest farmer, vicar farmer? <laughs> like he's got a lot of corn. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see a thresher, I don't see any harvesting equipment. Joaquin Phoenix lives in the outhouse barn yeah. thing, whatever. I don't see any farming happening. Mm. So what's he doing? I don't know. I mean, this is a great question. If there are any priests uh, listening who uh, also farm, do you side, do yeah. you have to? If you're a small town priest, Look, do you have to multitask? In the do you have economy, to have two like, jobs? Yeah, you've got to have a side hustle. Exactly. Everybody does. His just is large scale agriculture. <laughs> is he still is he still priesting? 
No, he's not still priesting. No, it's only been six months. But you it's can't, been six you months. can't grow that much corn in six months. You, I, I that's, think, that's something you've done beforehand. And are you saying he knew his wife I mean, was going to die? Because that's weird. That's they, a <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> they did, didn't they grow that much corn in six months to make this movie? I've no idea. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I watched a lot of behind the documentaries about the making of the corn. And I couldn't tell you; it was so fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> but they found a good. They, they apparently Frank Marsh says they found a way of farming that now everyone uses. They came up. They yeah, of course you did. Filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. What did they do for? They did it for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters. Did they? Uh, they did it for Ghostbusters Afterlife. That farm. They grew all that crop, and then they. I think they actually sold it to make back some of the budget for popcorn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's I funny on, on the behind the scenes as well, Frank Marsh is saying that you know we wanted to do crop circles because cro- they can't be man-made they literally they, can yeah i think this was maybe before they were fully exposed but come on frank they're like the no machine could mm. bend and snap boards in a rope yeah. you, you're gonna say it in five <laughs> minutes so everybody knows his boards on a rope but also this was one of the reasons i was so excited about it because like fox Mulder, i want to believe in um, crop circles yeah, yeah genuinely it was really disappointing when that yeah. footage came out of people with a big plank of wood <laughs> yeah. and a rope walking in i a used circle. to believe it when i was little you know all those like, i used to read all those gold books and then that sort of morphed into ufo books and i i was so convinced when i was like eight nine i was like there is something else and they're weirdly communicating in wakefield in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but but the reason for that is it was in the news they were telling us this this doesn't appear to be man-made and you're a kid watching the news what else are you supposed to think you're anyone watching the news weird isn't it sometimes the news gets shit wrong Question the narrative. <laughs> Here we go. I was going to say, he's going to go off on one now. not even had a drink. Oh, the fucking mainstream media. Um, so, so. Hey, crop circles, prime example. Uh, you've got a point. Um, so Houdini the dog is sick. Uh, they're calling. I'm going to say it now. I forgot. Somehow I forgot. Both of them. Yeah. Two dogs it kills, dogs. this movie. I, I mean, I obviously have questions for you about this. Right, yeah. great. Let's leave it for the uh, moment then. They called Dr. Crawford rather than the vet. <gasps> Clever, because the vet, it's Ray Reddy. Oh, yeah. The vet killed his wife. Yeah. But you don't yeah. know that here. <laughs> yeah. that, see, that's good writing. Uh, we learn that... <laughs> he, let pu- a, he let a dog drive the car <laughs> and the dog fell asleep. Um, we, we meet Bo, who believes, the little girl who believes the water's contaminated. It tastes funny. It tastes old. Mm. I didn't like old water when I was a kid. So my children will say, and they've not seen this film, there's, a, there's like a low sugar ice cream that Mark's obsessed with giving them and they won't eat it because they say it tastes like dust. And it makes me laugh my head off, and they're just like, "This is the dust ice cream. I don't want it." You're like, "Yes, fair enough." Have you tried it? Yeah, it does. It tastes like you, could, <laughs> you wouldn't know it was dust unless a child had said it. But you're like, "That's not. That's not pleasant." Does Mark eat it? Oh yeah. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is your partner likes dust flavored ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sugar Healthy. is poison, guys. Sugar mm. is poison. Although my niece, I've just thought that she's the opposite of Bo. My niece won't eat, won't drink anything other than water. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'll make a, even like an apple juice or something. No, just just water. Oh, brilliant! Make an good? apple juice, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Squeeze Chef over apple. here. <laughs> uh, no, I do. Let me make your apple juice. Poor. <laughs> no, I was excited to make her smoothies. I was probably making her smoothies. Okay. Didn't no interest in the smoothie that I slaved over for thirty seconds. Check first. <laughs> <laughs> do you want this? No. Well, I'm making it. <laughs> she helped me make it. <laughs> I didn't touch it. She. Punked you. <laughs> wow, I just got really old really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> she does. She does. I don't know the word for it today is, but she, she, you got X'd. Okay, Grandpa. 
Yeah. Damien Kennedy? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Isn't that even older? <laughs> I think that's even older than punked. <laughs> so Houdini's angry. Uh, the local animals are edgy. We learn that, that um, Dad left the church. And then Morgan, the boy, kills Houdini. He fell on me. Oh, uh, Alex, <laughs> I've worded it. You pretend to like dogs. How do you feel about this one dying? <laughs> uh, I mean, that dog did not fall on that poker but it's great because it sets it up, doesn't it? It sets up the fork he's using it on the barbecue just a little bit earlier. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so, it just, I was yeah, I was blown away by it. Like, did a kid just kill a dog? That's pretty intense. I mean, it, it's a it, honestly, it's a great excuse. It fell. It like if someone, if you've stabbed someone, they fell on me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> Do your kids say non sequiturs like that? They don't actually. We've trained them to not. They're basically if they're in jeopardy in their bedroom, they're not really allowed to get out of bed. I expect them to scream for help because the thought of waking up like that, like you just yeah. start, and there being a spooky child next to my bed, yep, yep. even as much as I love them, I can't cope with that. So yeah. I've taught them to just yell, and I will go and get them. Did you just call your kids spooky children? Yeah, or but every it, child spooky in the dead of night. Up, they're standing over Vicky's, you. Vicky's particularly are though very spooky. <laughs> I'm not sure how often we're allowed to say that. <laughs> well, that's one for this show. <laughs> uh, so there's something round the corner in the shadows and on the roof. Um, so they go running around chasing it. First sort of exciting scene. They seem weirdly bothered about whether it's a woman. They do, don't, don't they? they? Yeah, I never thought of that. It's quite strange. <laughs> that is strange, yeah. Odd. Um, mm. And now Bo's watching the telly, but the, sh- the same show's on every station. Great line. Because, it's a great line, because there's crop circles in Wakefield. In Wakefield. Um, Vicky, yeah. question for you now. Yeah. <laughs> How would the Wakefield version of this play out? <laughs> oh, wait, can you not phrase it like you phrased it like mine? You pretend to like the North. <laughs> <laughs> do I? I don't think I do. Actually, okay, yeah, what would signs in Wakefield be like? I just, well, well, a lock-in, I expect. But... Um... <laughs> But do you think in the... you fucking crop sir? Have either of you been, <laughs> you been to Wakefield? I've been through it many times. Uh, I've no, never I've been, been out drinking in Wakefield. I've been, I've, been, I've had a drink in Wakefield. Yeah. How was it? Lovely. Yeah. What? Uh, what? But I found it scary. My, my, my gran used to live in Woodkirk, which is literally down the road from Wakefield, so I've spent a fair bit of time in Wakefield, and mm. Wakefield's a lovely place. Right. It hasn't got many fields, though, has it? So it's surrounded by fields. A lot of wakes, though. It's a real <laughs> obesity problem. So, I just imagined M. Knight doing some research, being like, what's a lovely sounding place in England? Mm. And I need a field. They've got a place called Wakefield. That's awesome. Mm. Let's use that. But without having done the due diligence to see if it's... I don't know if it's a very rural place. It's fairly rural. Surrounded by. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever been through the town centre, obviously. But there's no fields there. There's no fields but there. I think that's, that's, that's of every town. <laughs> you want any town centre? I mean, a field. Yeah. That's fair. Huddersfield, fuck you, mate. I'm in the town centre. Can't see a single field. Uh, we're seeing stuff on the news now, and it's interesting having just seen Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin is very similar to this, with mm. this single location and what's happening on the news affecting what's happening in the room. Um, they could they could almost be brother and sister. Yeah. Um, so the script when he initially wrote it, the whole. Of the film was going to play out in the house. That was what his plan was. But then he it, he said it just felt wrong. It didn't feel right when he was doing his first draft. Yeah. So he, he's so, also written "Knock at the Cabin" at this point. So he's like, <laughs> "That is going to take place exactly <laughs> in the house." Um, to be fair, that was a book. Yes, that's that true. was a book. And it's very good. Have you, you you liked it as well, didn't you? Uh, or you yes. didn't like it? No, I did. Oh, I liked did. the film. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Good. Yeah, yeah, mm. we should do it. Um, so he said it just felt wrong. So he added this scene where they go to town, they split up. 
for like five minutes and everyone gets a little bit of backstory happening here. So uh, the soldier that, that uh, Joaquin Phoenix goes to visit thinks the aliens are doing reconnaissance mission for the rest of them. Well done. <laughs> T- told us what's happening. I mean, in both of these, the military know the shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. They do. Uh, and we, as Vicky said, we've got the baseball stuff. We learned that he set records, but um, also a minor league strikeout record, which so isn't good. I misread it. Even though I've seen it, because I'm, you know, because you're on high alert with an M Night film, because like, you are waiting for like, what's the yeah, thing that's yeah. going to come back, and that kind of ruined this bit for me because the the soldier is going, he was a class A failure, and Joaquin Phoenix is a very, you know, he's got like like a lot of what's it like a grief, and he look, he always looks sad for haunted. us, yeah, haunted. That's the right word. So I was like, oh, class A failure. You did time in prison for drugs. And I thought that's what it meant, like, as in he, he he's not a baseball star because he took right. drugs. Yeah. And it's, then it's not that. He just hit it, the no. ball a lot. It's <laughs> Lionel who says that, though, isn't it? It's the other guy. Yeah, the soldier yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Recognize the person who's doing, like, signing up. Or the doing guy who yeah. they think was on the roof, that's the same guy. Right. Yeah, right. Lionel, Lionel Pritchard. And the Wolfington brothers. The Wolfington yeah. brothers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it meant, I, I thought he was had this huge backstory where he'd, like, crashed out of the baseball league due to uh, substance misuse. Because that's what you'd expect at that point. Yeah, yeah. But there's no way of redeeming that within the movie. And obviously he's got to have his redemption. And it turns out being the minor league strikeout record holder is going to pay dividends. I didn't think that. I just thought he hit the ball too much. Yeah, I know. It's me. It's just... Silly boy. Silly boy. (laughs) Um, Just thought it was wrong not to swing. Good. Good line. It is good Good. line. they go for pizza and they see him. We don't know who him is yet, but this we'll learn is the vet um, who killed the wife. Uh, as Alex said, the baby monitors go in haywire, so they agree to turn on the telly and there's UFOs in Mexico. The nerds were right. Mm. Um, and then we've got this scene uh, on a couch between uh, father and son about fortune, luck, signs from God. Meryl's not his son. Sorry, Meryl's his brother, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Meryl and, Meryl and Graham. Graham's the dad. I didn't even write the names there. So, I mean, obviously this is what the film's about. This is setting out the theme of the film. Um, are miracles real? Are there coincidences? Uh, Meryl says there are. He, he, the girl that threw up before he kissed her is the miracle because yeah. they would have been covered in <laughs> gross vom. <laughs> I, I think he tells that story so perfectly that I'm visualising it and going, I actually, I actually think that would have scarred me for life. Yeah. Have you ever been thrown up on? Oh, God, definitely not, not in my mouth. Um, by an adult. I don't mean by one of your babies. No. <laughs> Gross. So Meryl says he's a miracle man because he avoided the vom. And then Graham says uh, what his wife's last words were before she died. She said, see, swing away. He says it's a random memory from baseball game, which means there's no one watching out for us, Meryl. We are on our own. So this is why he's lost his faith. <laughs> Uh, kids in tinfoil hats so aliens can't read their minds. <laughs> Every, the scene that everyone thinks about when they think about this movie. Yeah. It's just like the tinfoil hats. Lovely stuff. Mm. And uh, with that, we're going to take a break and come back and we're going to meet M. Night Shyamalan, the actor. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back to talk about I'm not shaman on the actor. When I said that before the break, Vicky, you just shook your head. <laughs> You know how I feel about stuff like this. Uh, it's it is not as bad as Pulp Fiction. No, it's not. It's bad when they're in the when they go to town and he's looking through the window. He's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." It's like, "Oh God, have you put yourself in your film? I hate it." Right. Then when we get to this scene, it's like you you've put not only have you put yourself in your own film, which I'm always a little bit against. You've made yourself quite a, a pivotal character, and you've given the exposition some of the exposition, not all of it, thankfully, of that scene to your character. So you've got to do some capital A act. Mm -hmm. I hope you can. I really hope you can. And it's okay. I mean, it's my change, so we'll get to it eventually. But really, you've hit the nail on the head. The problem is the huge gulf between what Mel Gibson is doing in that scene. Because that's his big moment. He is facing the guy who killed his wife and he's looking at him and he's like, please don't tell me this. And he's telling the story against Graham's wishes. And the way he's like, sort of just his mouth moves and his eyes well up. He's choking back all this emotion. You're like, oh my God, Mel! Oscar! Hello! And then M. Night just sits there and goes... Yeah, by the way, as one in the pantry. See ya. <laughs> you like? Sorry, what? Correction. He goes. He goes. He goes. Uh, I, I think they're afraid of water. There's one in the pantry. See ya. That's it. Yeah, 
It's, that got an amazing reaction in the cinema. I bet though. it did. It's because it's funny. It's obviously it's a humorous it's a humorous note to end it on mm. that he would just drive off with that information. Yeah. Um. And I, I can remember that being one of the best moments in this film. Everyone laughing, but also fucking terrified for what was about to happen next. Yeah. Can I ask a question though about the the beats of the script? Because I'm not. This isn't my change. I'm just going to ask. This film is about coincidences, mm. and Ray Reddy says to Graham, "Go. To, they don't like water. Go to the lake." Yeah. And he goes, "No." basically because he doesn't want to do it and he overrides his kids and then they don't go so if everything happens for a reason ray's right they don't like water so if you just listen to ray you don't need the rest of all the other things are null and void yeah but here's the interesting thing about that exact point so he does go back to house and say he puts it to a vote with his family who do still have the faith that he's lost and he says to them ray's going to the lake yeah let's go to the lake yeah and maybe they would have gone to the lake and they'd have survived but they wouldn't have all had the epiphanies that they had especially Merrill and graham or graham let's call him what he's called graham and so by staying in the house oh he gets to realize that his wife's last words actually had purpose and it restores his faith whether at the, whereas at the lake he'd have just survived I see. Okay, good. No, I, I thought there must be a reason, hmm. but I didn't see it. Well, speaking of reasons, the reasons the reason Knight cast himself is that he said he really connected with the character. That he wrote. That he wrote <laughs> while he was writing it. So he played Ray Reddy and he said the day he was shooting it was the day after his grandfather had died. He had a picture of his grandfather in one pocket and uh, they, they, their first day of shooting was a couple of days after 9-11 happened and they'd had a candlelit vigil and they'd all got a photograph of this vigil and he had a photo of that and a photo of his granddad and he said uh, that really informed his performance. Now, I didn't think he was very good in this when I watched the first time. I actually watched this time and thought he was quite good. I know, but you're making... We're, we're, go, we're doing... He's all right, but... But it's like such an important character. Yeah. Give it to an actor. Yeah, yeah. I just think, again... It's the fact that you know he's the director and you're like, why do you need to do this? I mean, I watched the start of this movie and it says written, produced (laughs) and directed. You got enough. It's like you got three. (laughs) Do you you need that fourth? And And also, did you debate whether it was going to read written, produced, directed (laughs) and starring? (laughs) And when you're getting that out of Mel Gibson, which everybody was surprised because it's it's unbelievable how good he is. Are you? How have you got the nerve to be like? I'll go toe to toe with you right now in this scene. How how do you do that? I I admire that because it's uh, it, that blows my mind that you could do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before I we could f- do that, <laughs> and then some. Before we find out what's in the pantry, uh, we've got the Brazilian party footage. I love this. Where an alien walks by, and it is again. It's coming hot on the heels of that big laugh you got ju- just got. It was so frightening, this scene. This yeah. made the whole cinema jump out of their seat. It's really well directed as a whole movie. Yes. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah, because there's misdirection, because it, it goes on for too long. Yeah. And your, your attention, you're looking at the right spot, and it's hiding in plain sight. But then it goes on too long, and you, you can't see it. And then you, you start looking at the kid, and bang, that's when it moves. Yeah, it's right. awesome. Which is fantastic. And also, because he's so good in directing this movie, the fact that you've got that brief moment of Meryl screaming, get out of the way, kids, to yeah. a video on yeah, the TV. Yeah. Bit of humour, bit of relatability when you're yeah. watching a home video and you're like, I'm, I can't see. It all adds up to this, like, you're just like, oh, I'm relaxed, and bang, there it is. Yeah. Watch it this time as well. I know, it's, it's, the, it's the Bigfoot footage, that famous footage of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. It's, he's walking exactly the same way, so oh, he's doing yeah. a little homage to that. <laughs> I was obsessed with that footage as a kid. I was like, well, there you go, that's evidence <laughs> I want to believe you, you that's evidence no, no be careful you don't believe everything in the mainstream media Alex um, <laughs> no, I don't think that hit the mainstream oh it did yeah no that was big in the 80s yeah, yeah. Um, 
it, behind the scenes, it was interesting. The, the aliens didn't look like this originally. They were sort of invisible. They were almost see-through. And it's, and it's so Predator when you watch it. <laughs> um, but Knight said it just drew too much attention to itself. It felt like you were watching a special effect and he was trying to get away from that. So uh, Graham heads into the house, grabs a knife. Again, Knight doing his thing, subverts expectations. He uses it as a mirror yeah. rather as a, to, to reflect rather than to stab the alien at first, which you're not expecting. So he looks under the door, a hand comes out, and he chops its fingers off. Yeah. As I said, watching it this time, I felt quite sorry for that alien. Well, because he's done such a good job of making you think that maybe they aren't hostile because you you don't you want to believe that they're not you want to believe that they're here to like you know cure cancer and whatnot yeah so he's chopped their fingers off but you know the, the hand is reaching out but it could be reaching out to say let me out like we're friends kind Hello. of yeah. like an extended hand <laughs> well, it's, yeah it's isn't it's Michelangelo yeah. and it's, and it's it, the ET <laughs> poster yeah. of the finger reaching out it's it's your classic handshake it's like I believe this is what they do on Earth so I'm going to reach out <laughs> yeah. and shake you by the god my fucking finger yeah <laughs> is, that, is this how they do it. <laughs> Now, now pass me the knife and I do you. Uh, Meryl's in the tinfoil hat now. Uh, says the water theory sounds made up. I like it. A bit more misdirection, trying to throw us off the scent. And then, as Alex said, there's this debate, there's this vote, should they stay or should they go? And this is where the films diverge. They've not been that dissimilar, War of the Worlds and Science, until this point. But now, this is where Tom Cruise and his gang go. This family stays. Um, the UFOs, we learn, are appearing near crop circles. Uh, they're there for navigation. Basically, a map is the idea. It's like War of the Worlds. <laughs> that's why we've done it. Um, people are flocking to churches and synagogues. Again, that's out of War of the Worlds. And the aliens, one of the first things in the in the HG Wells book is they destroy churches and synagogues. Um, God be with us all, they say on the news, because uh, obviously there's a lot of religion all the way through this. And then there's the big dinner. What do you think of this big dinner scene with all the drama? I, uh, and this is me being incredibly, incredibly judgy. Yeah. I was surprised that they had the ingredients to make chicken teriyaki. My God, I was. Back then. Right. That's the thing. You might have it now. 2002. You've got to yeah. make that from scratch. Oh, I... 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> We've just seen your high street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised. When he says chicken teriyaki, I thought he was going to go, well, we can't order in, obviously. Yes, good point. It would have been a great joke if if, if, if Morgan had gone, oh, I want, I want uh, you know, waffles and mashed potato. And then yeah. Meryl had gone chicken teriyaki and Graham had gone, you're having a laugh. You are having a laugh. Do you even know how to make that? Do you know what we need? Never mind if we have it. I was referring to Graham being told you let mum die. Worst You're into the chicken ever. teriyaki. Yeah. It turns pretty quickly. I hate you. You let mum die. So I, that's probably one of my biggest problems with this movie, which is I don't, I think that comes out of left field. Like you don't see that relationship yeah. between Morgan and his dad at the start or at any point really until right now mm. and then you're like oof that's a hell of a thing to say and yeah. I haven't seen I haven't had my breadcrumbs yeah. you've been setting up a lot about baseball yeah. and swinging away but I haven't I haven't had this so this feels unearned because maybe I was thinking it would be good if you a man who's lost his faith is really hard for me to uh, relate to because I don't have that faith so when they talk about there being no miracles I'm like yeah no I know and it's cool like it's great like on my side I'm quite happy with that because that's just I just have that belief 
So when he's like, I've lost my faith and I've been a bad husband or a bad dad or whatever, like because we've not had any establishing stuff with the family as a functional unit, as a happy Graham, I don't see the distance travelled. I just see this man who's, you know, he's obviously in grief and he's a bit out of sync with everyone, but I never saw him when he was like working. Do you need a flashback? I mean, I don't normally advocate for that sort of thing, but... Uh, yeah, and establishing, and also it's less, this is one of the ultimate fridgings of, of women ever. You barely know her name. Like, she's there only Colleen. to provide. It's Colleen. <laughs> yeah. If I know it, then it must have been repeated enough. Yeah, that's enough. true. It's uh, true. We're, we're getting to her death. But he says, I'm not wasting one more minute of my life on prayer. And then he eats everyone's food while crying. Sometimes you spend your day in bed, eating and crying. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of like, like a peep show joke. Like, but then, but then it is quite touching when they all hold each other. Yeah, like, it, you f- you feel the emotion because everyone is such a good actor in yeah, that yeah. room. <laughs> but also because, and this is what I really love because I, what I don't remember from my previous watchings of this is how intentionally comedic this film yeah it's is. very do you know what all his films are very funny though I think even Sixth Sense there's so much humour in the Sixth Sense mm. you just forget because you come away thinking about all the horrible stuff yep. <laughs> but and Unbreakable is very funny when he's discovering his powers and yet it's such a you know mournful film so but this yeah. scene where it ends with him reaching out and grabbing Meryl and dragging him into into the hug I love no, that I was yeah. like because I, 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 I was too. like it just offsets the sort yeah. of sentimentality and the schmaltziness it's real and then the baby monitor goes off Mm. and we're in the home straight uh so they're boarding up the house but he's telling the story of Bo's birth oh god it's just this is so lovely and you know what um so he's gonna tell the story of both his children's birth those are both real stories from his him and his wife of their children it's so lovely yeah yeah he said i'm just i'm literally he's very interesting you know no no he says that everything he does like these every time he does films with kids they're about the same age as his kids in real life yeah uh because he's just writing what he sees around the house you you can it's so authentic and it's such a brilliant they've probably been the only thing i was like they've probably have been told those stories before because children are obsessed with their birth stories and that when their mum was alive she would have told them but it's a nice idea that they never knew this or they've heard it a million times but their dad has never said it to them and i don't do this very often an involuntary sob i'm watching the film and i'm really happy and then when he said i wanted her to see you first because i can't even say she dreamed of you her whole life i'm watching i go (laughs) and i thought oh it's got me it's got me very early but that's yeah <laughs> as long as uh, the stories are just like, about his kids because those are beautiful if, if if the same rule applies to the dogs he's owned I have a problem <laughs> it's like yeah well it's okay one, one fell on me and, and the other we left outside all night died yeah, so this is when they hear it barking they literally forgot it then they hear it whining and then it just stops Ugh, um, Isabel. this is the yeah. second dead dog Alex you pretend to like dogs how are you feeling about this I don't know why. And I think it's because both of them are played really matter of fact, almost like they're not how to put this. Neither of them. They don't make a big deal about either of the deaths. This just happens. And both of them aren't intentionally made to make me feel upset about a dog dying. Yeah, that's true. They're just like, first of all, the aliens kill Isabella. Houdini gets stabbed by accident. You don't see it on camera. I'm kind of okay with it. And then you don't see someone sort of carrying the dead dog and burying the dead dog. It's not like John Wick. So I'm okay with it, weirdly. Yeah, I guess he's decided not to kill off a human in this film. So he's got to do something. True. To to give us some jeopardy. Aliens have to kill something. Yeah. Yeah. I just give him an extra kid. Yeah. Um, So you hear the... Is Meryl really essential? (laughs) (laughs) 
I think Morgan can go. Uh, oh, no, no, Morgan's important. Morgan's yeah, important. Get rid of uh, Bo. So, no! Oh, no! I uh, hear the aliens coming around the house. They're trying to get in. Uh, we learn Morgan's story of his birth. They head into the basement. The lights go out. A hand grabs Morgan, and we're on a flashlight on the ground, and then we're looking at Bo's feet, and it's all very Blair Witch. Yeah. It's felt like the influence was strong here, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It's not that long after. Uh, they rescue Morgan, but they don't have his asthma medicine, and he's holding him. Dad's holding him, saying, don't do this to me again. I hate you. I hate you. Give him the Oscar now. Yeah. I'm, I I love it. He is holding Morgan at that point, and Morgan probably is sort of in and out of consciousness, and all he can hear is, <laughs> is his dad I'm holding him, I going, I hate you. I, know. I hate he you. Needs to say to <laughs> Richard, By which I mean Richard God. Kimball killed me. <laughs> Richard Kimball killed me. It's just... You're so right. Just specify. Yeah. Specify Not that you're you, talking... Not you, son. I hate God. <laughs> I hate God. But he's doing an act of faith, isn't he? Because he's saying to his son, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but he's saying, you have to believe that the breath is on its way because when yeah. you're having an asthma attack it's you know you feel you are dying but if you you know it might help if you've got no medicine to believe that that lovely release is going to come and that's faith because there is no reason for it to come like no. he just has to believe in it so now we've got, we've got the big flashback oh. so colleen <laughs> is pinned between a truck and a tree let me just explain wait one sec before you explain when we walk past ray ready played by m knight sitting on the ground there and this, I, the reason I'm doing it now is because the end I still find very affecting, but I can never escape the scary movie three parody where the actor, it's Charlie Sheen who plays the Mel Gibson role, yeah. walks past the actor who's playing the Ray Reddy role who's on the ground, and as he walks past him, the Ray Reddy character goes, I'm going to need a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was like, oh, and I watched this time. I like, I just laughed. I was like, that's oh, still that's not good. So They've funny. It for you. <laughs> so tell me what you think about this. The Colleen's pinned between a truck and a tree. <coughs> severed most of her lower half. This accident has. She won't be saved. Her body's alive when it shouldn't be. The vehicle is holding her together, but they're giving him a chance to say goodbye. What do you think of that? Well, I so. I think it's amazing. I think it's ridiculous, right? It's obviously ridiculous. I don't Mm. see how she would live, but then I'm not a doctor. But if Mel Gibson wasn't so good, and it kills me to say that, Mm. but if he wasn't so incredible, it would just be laughable. Mm. But he's being given news that a normal brain cannot... It scrambles your brain. So when um, the police officer, I've forgotten her name, says she's pinned, and he says, and his eyes twitch, the eye twitch thing, what do you mean? What does does pinned mean? Because obviously your brain is like, what? Mm. And then he does Mm. that thing when you get really bad news, your brain is just like firing off all your senses have gone nuts. And so she says her lower half, whatever, and he leans in because it's like your brain cannot understand what you're being told. And he's not playing like action hero whatever going okay I see I'm going to be brave Mm. he's playing a man who's gone I have no idea what you've just said to me because it makes no sense Mm. and if he wasn't perfect at doing that I think I would find it a little bit funny because I don't know that's one way of coping with horrible things it does seem a bit ridiculous but it doesn't come off like that it's his final line as well it's the bit because this is the bit that really gets me when I go I I can't help myself I just go and it's it's where he says Caroline is this the last time I'm going to talk to my wife Mm. and she's like yes yeah, and she's so good because so, she's like, I'm giving you bad news, yeah, but I'm not fucking around. These are the facts. We'd have very little time. Oh, like when he says, true. "Oh, that's the other thing," because he's trying. His brain is going, "Nope." So his brain says, "Oh, she's talking. That's good." And she's like, "Nope, that's not where we are." Yuck. So when I was a kid, I was watching. I don't know what this documentary was, but police officers were, talk, were talking about <clears throat> the most shocking or upsetting things they'd experienced or seen. This is real. 
I'm telling you, M. Night Shyamalan saw the same documentary as me. Oh, really? This happened. Yeah. This policeman said it was so traumatic. I think it was in a train crash. Oh, God. But yes, this woman, they, she said she was talking. She was complimentous, but her insides had been turned around. Yeesh. And as soon as we pulled this stuff apart, it was over. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure Knight saw the same documentary I did and thought, oh, that <coughs> it doesn't sound real, but it is real, so I'm using it. Yeah, yeah. And um, also in Scary, <coughs> excuse me, in Scary Movie 3, it's Denise Richards pinned against the tree. Of course. And she's, uh, she's like, swing away. Uh, no, sorry. She's, she's Charlie Sheen's like, she, she's saying to Charlie Sheen, she's like, she's like, I never want you to be with any other woman again. He's like, sorry, you're not making any sense. I, I, I can't understand you. She's like, I said, I don't want you to be with any other woman again. He's like, gosh, she's out of it. She's delirious. She's not making any sense. And then she goes, she goes, and remember, swing away. And he goes, swing away. Got it. She's like, oh, you heard that? <laughs> That's very funny. Good. And so, end scene. <laughs> so we learn on the radio there's some poison gas, there's lots of people dying. It's just it's quite vague, so we don't quite know what is coming. Um but they're apparently they're leaving, we learn. Um but they need to get Morgan's inhaler. And so this is that a scene you mentioned, Alex. He brings the television in and we use the reflection here to see the aliens in the reflection of the telly. It's great because you just you just let your guard down for yep. a second. He's gonna put on ballet or something for her, isn't he? Or, or a cartoon. Yeah. And um and then and you turn around and the alien is standing there carrying Morgan uh, and the alien's got missing fingers. Uh, they show us a flashback to the alien's be- the fingers being chopped off. I don't think we need we that. We don't need that. That annoyed me. Yeah, it's treat me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, we get it. Yep, <laughs> Ten sure. minutes ago we chopped those fingers off. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and the way Knight's described it as how he wrote it in the script is he wanted the alien to be acting skittish like a crazed drug addict has got into your house the sort of sudden jerky movements um then we get a flashback to the accident with the wife saying tell meryl to swing away Mm. again probably don't need that don't need that but i guess someone told them that they did need that to tell the audience (laughs) what is what is happening here we get a flashback to the couch <laughs> we get it. Please trust us as an audience with them talking about losing his faith. Oh yeah, um, and, and 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 repeating the word "swing away." Do you, um, I quite? I don't know. I know what you mean. <clears throat> I quite like it though. I quite like it. I it's mean, showing off. It's telling you, look how is. clever I am. Yeah, I don't when actually either. I've been paying attention. I know all these things. I'm ahead of you. This is great. I think. I think considering it was 2002, maybe it wasn't necessary. I think right now you 100 percent need that in a film because people have been on their fucking phones for most of it. Going. What's why? How did that happen? Mm. The number of times I have to answer questions like that. Just tell them to be quiet. <laughs> That's what I did during Rye Lane. Uh, so you I, would as well, wouldn't you? If he said be quiet oh, in, a, in a cinema, not, <laughs> not in the pub. Oh, sure, I agree. Gracie, no, you, agree. Should, you should listen to that in the pub. <laughs> I, I did a few wines. Yeah. Um, so the bats behind Merrill. Uh, the alien sprays, sprays the. Gas, Bo screams, the alien turns. We see the image of Bo in the alien's back. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's clear. No. You can see her face in, in the alien's back. I That's mean, who cool. knows what these aliens are? Um, and Meryl bashes him. Um, he hits some glass, the water burns, the, the alien, and then... Um, I've got this quote from M. Knight. Do you see the glass of water around you to save you at that moment if you're not open to seeing the glass of water around you? Yes. The film is about, is it? Yeah, would you? Yeah, your house is dirty. There's glasses of water everywhere. Like, clean up. Like, it's frustrating. Yeah, coincidence. It's, I, look, look, look. Look. I'm going to say a kind thing. I'm assuming that he went with water because he wants to undercut the thing he was really well known for at the time, which is a mega twist. Because this is a mega twist, which is stupid. 
because they're aliens and the planet is, what, 70% water? 70% water. So it's stupid. She can have had anything that's her thing, and it will always be silly, but she could have had anything that she's like, I just leave half bits of something everywhere. Coke. Dusty ice cream. Coke. Toast. (laughs) (laughs) Toast. I don't know. Toast kills kills them. (laughs) They would never have seen it coming. But this is the thing, just the water thing. I assume, I am honestly saying M. Night was like, we'll do water because it's clearly stupid. But that's to say to all the people who expect my big twist, which makes a lot of sense, I can do it all. I can still have that big twist, which actually is illogical, and you'll still love this film. that POV shot of the alien when it's on the floor and then the crumbs land on its face yeah. and it's like oh that yeah. toast killed it that toast killed mm. it yeah so uh, they finished the alien off with with the bat and the water and then Morgan's lungs we learn were closed because of the asthma so no poison got in still goes in his blood is that a thing I meant to look it no. up because I was like what does that mean when you're having an asthma attack your lungs don't like shut then you're dead right. like they're constricted it's your airways are constricted it's so effective when like Graham is going his lungs were closed his lungs were closed yeah uh, I mean please. it's a brilliant scene is and it you possible think he's... that he's not taking the gas in I don't know because he sprays it up his nose and obviously you're, in your blood stream is very accessible up your nose so I imagine it's gone in his blood but it's a film you suspend your disbelief it's fine and also again Mel Gibson just is doing some incredible work and he's got this child who he thinks has passed away and he's telling people to stay away from him and that's another really realistic and harsh thing like Mm. don't touch him because I just need a minute to try and figure out what's gone on rather than just having the big sob scene or whatever it was it blew my mind I thought it was amazing yeah uh, so Morgan wakes up and then we transition to winter. Graham's a priest again. Children are laughing in the background. Bang. M. Night Shyamalan film. We just get out of it very yeah, fast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so this was obviously a very big hit that made a fortune. Interesting fact, it went back to number one four weeks after its release oh, wow. in America. So it's full on word of mouth. That's people telling other people, you've got to see this. Yeah. Uh, but his relationship with Disney soon soured. So the book's called The Man Who Heard Voices or How M. Night Shyamalan Risked His Career on a Fairy Tale <laughs> because the film in question was Lady in the Water and the Disney executives... Did not care for that script. Suggested some changes, like maybe don't kill the film critic in it. Maybe don't <laughs> Maybe don't cast yourself as the character whose wisdom saves everyone with writing. It's a, it's, I mean, there's a lot... Basic shit. There's a lot to unpack in that film. Um, he was not happy with them. So of Disney's top three executives, Jacobson Cook and the marketing head, Oren Aviv, the book says, they had morphed into one, the embodiment of the company they worked for, and that company no longer valued individualism, no longer valued fighting. Um, but Shyamalan he walked away but he says this quote just blew my mind sometimes Knight would close his eyes and see little oval black and white headshots of Nina Jacobson Oren Aviv and Dick Cook floating around in his head unwanted house guests that would not leave the Disney people had gotten deep inside his head interfering with the good work the voices were supposed to do and it would be hell to get them out (laughs) what is going on now M. Night Shyamalan didn't uh, write this book but he it was sent to him and he said he agreed with everything in it so yeah there was a lot in his head at the time wow I mean I guess that was no that was 
No, was the was that the the villagers before Lady in the Water? Was it? I'm after? not sure, but this is the one that. So he'd had three hits. Yeah. I guess. Well, I guess Unbreakable was was half a hit, but he worked with Disney on those three films, and this is where it all went completely sour. Right. Because they wouldn't. He said they should have backed him. He's. I've made so much money for you. You've got to back me on Lady in the Water. Hmm. I would say not necessarily. No. I, I, I've it's seen. I've seen the film. Yeah. I've seen the film. It's probably. When did we stop valuing individualism? Always. Like we, we're we're making money. <laughs> that will have been written in hindsight as well. Well, and it was his first movie that was genuinely a not well received at all. This is on the eve of Lady in the Water coming out when it's still looking like it's going to be a big hit. <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. Oh wow, ironic. Because I was going to say, you know, once you've had a, a bad movie, a movie that didn't work, uh, you are going to be racked with a self-doubt that you never previously had when all your previous films have been hits. Yeah. And so you could possibly attach villains to that self-doubt as opposed to addressing it yourself. Sure. Like the Disney triumvirate. We should do Lady in the Water. Should we? Maybe. <laughs> I've never seen it. I I remember hating it. Right. I mean, I just Lots heard... to dig into. I heard bad things. Yeah. All right, let's do the bits. Um, so, what is the best scene, Vicky? So, there's a few I really like. Alien in the TV is awesome. Um, what does pinned mean is fucking awesome. Uh, my son is dead. Don't touch him. That's also awesome. Uh, but the best scene is the dinner scene. Because... In a weird way, you think, oh, if it was the end of the world is coming, wouldn't it be fun to have a last supper? Wouldn't we make that fun? Mm. And in real life, it wouldn't be fun. It would be sad and horrible. And watching the dad just go nuts and start stuffing food into his face, it's not a very movie-style thing to do, and I no. respect that. And then it, they flip the scene, and all the family come together rather than going, oh, hey, you, and running off to their room and things like that. So I think that's the best scene. Vicky. Mm. Alex. Hi. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's the news footage uh, from the children's party mm. in Brazil where the alien steps across the shot. It still made me jump on the sixth viewing, I believe this was, and I just think it's scary. It's genuinely yeah. scary. It's not just a jump scare. The way the alien looks, the way it moves, like, I don't know, some, some Bigfoot footage. It's just, mm. it's really, <laughs> it's always scared me. Nice one. Uh, I like it when Meryl swings away. Because I'm like, I know what that means. They've told me eight times, swing away. <laughs> I know what he's going to do. In the last 30 seconds <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and, but weirdly, that now is stuck in my head, swing away. I don't. I think about that line a lot. Yeah. I don't know what it means. Swing away. It means fucking go for it, mate. Yeah. yeah. Batter it. Swing away. <laughs> yeah, that's why. If we ever get into trouble outside a pub, that's all you need to say to Vicky. Vicky, <laughs> swing away. <laughs> she, she knows what it means. She just goes in, cartwheeling arms. <laughs> Maybe today's the day. There's no coincidences. Yeah. You just got to point me in the right direction. Uh, most valuable, whatever, Alex. It's weird. It's, it's, it is M. Night Shyamalan, but actually, is it? I just think Whacking Phoenix is so good in this film. Like, I think Meryl is like the, the linchpin of this family mm. in terms of like who I think has this fascinating warmth about him throughout. And I don't think of Joaquin Phoenix as an actor who I particularly consider, you know, warm or, or, or inhabits roles that are warm. Like they mm. don't seem like a role that he often goes for. Maybe it's because like Mark Ruffalo dropped out at the last minute and who knows either way. I just think Meryl is just like the guy and he's not, a, he's not a character. He calls nerds, nerds. Mm. He was on the sports team at school. So he's a jock. He's mm -hmm. not a character. Who I should go. I like him. Yeah. He's like a movie star jock, a movie uh, character jock. But I just love him in this. <laughs> I just love him. So, so not Whacking Phoenix, though. It's, it's M. Night Shyamalan. Vicky? So it's Mel Gibson. Um, yes. Without 
paving anyway for him to be uncancelled. I yeah. just he, he is just very, very, very good. Like um, I don't like I said, I find it hard to connect with someone of faith losing their faith. That's not my natural th- like comfort zone for a story. I'm like, ugh, okay. Uh, I don't really see what there is to lose or gain. But that's my personal thing. Um, but you're watching this man receive this terrible news and also go through something so awful, and it is just amazing. And actually, do you know what? It's because he is acting opposite M Night Shyamalan for a piece of time that you suddenly are like, look how far apart you are. Yeah. Like he was amazing. Um, I think he's perfect. Yeah. I think this is far from M. Night's best film, so that's why I'm not picking it. But um, I am picking Mel Gibson as well. I just It's undeniable how good he is in this film. He is a brilliant actor, and every time we do a Mel Gibson film, we talk about how good he is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is one of his best performances. Uh, what would you change, Vicky? So the water thing, obviously, like, just nope. Unless it's unless it's for an on-purpose reason that I've not been made aware of, that it's it's intentionally mm. ludicrous mm. that this advanced life form wouldn't understand that the thing that the planet is made from is lethal to them. Um, so if, it, if maybe that is on purpose, whatever. So I would, I just want a scene with Colleen where she's alive and not pinned to a tree. But I mean, you know, for some reason it seems more like what a silly thing. And maybe that's because that appears to be the twist and we're expecting a twist. Yeah. And so we're focused on that. What is really the difference between the aliens in this and water and the aliens in War of the Worlds? It's all so stupid in War of the Worlds. <laughs> but that's, that was always... But that's... Do you th- yeah, but that's because it was written a long time ago when microbes, people were, oh, OK, no problem. Right. Like, it's old, isn't it? Whereas these are new aliens and they've gone... <laughs> they should have read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah! They should have been handing that out yeah. on the way there, reading material. Remember what our mates from Zegabindon, <laughs> they, they came down yeah. and it was microbes that got microbes them. Microbes got yeah. them, yeah. 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 Steve, you were in charge of bringing the right books. I don't mind that it's not the twist that I'm like, it's not a Sixth Sense level twist. And I love the fact that Bo's got these glasses of something and you're going to hit them and fine. It just annoyed, it just took me out of the film. It's like, water, no! <laughs> I'll, I'll write down, make it Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Great! Toast! <laughs> toast! <laughs> no, yeah, toast. no, I, I, I originally wrote toast and then I, I deleted that. <laughs> but children often half-finish toast. And so they can have bits of toast everywhere. No, sure. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine you want to see Meryl bat a bit of toast across the room yeah. at the alien. I, I'm, I'm fine with it being a liquid, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not going down this bread-based route. Um, dusty ice cream. <laughs> Alex. Um, so it's related to the water thing, and it's related to casting himself uh, as Ray Reddy. I, I, you're right. I don't, I don't dislike him in the role, and you're right. The pantry line is meant to be a funny line yeah. to end on. I think the water moment stands out because to sell such a massive plot point, you do need an actor who can deliver it in a way that the audience go, all right, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, water. And I think the way he says it, Mm. it's just like, yeah, I guess... Feeling they don't like water, you know <laughs> what? Yeah. And I think that just exaggerates how weird a twist, a moment it is. So, if you're gonna have that reveal in that scene, I love you, but it can't be you, Emma. Or is there a way of working it that Ray is wrong and? Graham mistrusts him because he's like, you killed my wife. And actually, they love water. And it's something else that gets them. But there's a moment where it's like, there are no coincidences. So if that information had been given to me by a man I trusted who hadn't killed my wife, Mm. I would have followed that information and then gone to the lake and then died because they love water. But I mistrust you because you killed my wife. Therefore, there are no coincidences. There's another layer, maybe. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Maybe. All right. Should it should it cast Paul Giamatti as Ray Reddy? <laughs> Why Paul Giamatti? Oh, I just feel like he, I just feel like he would be this f- regretful sad sack in a car. <laughs> swear, isn't he in Lady in the Water? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, that is it. All right, that is it. Um, quiz? No, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. I've sent a question to you both. I apologised for the question. I said it will be explained. Right, okay. I have been experimenting with ChatGPT. Yay! (laughs) Oh my God, since we had the talk, I need to update you. Yeah, we talked about this last week. There's so much happening in the third sector. I'm safe, I am not. So this is AI (laughs) that's slowly taken over the world and you can ask it to do tasks and things and it will do those tasks. So you could type in to ChatGPT. What's a funny question to ask the hosts of movie podcast Clash of the Titles? Fantastic. And it will come back with... Which movie character would win in an epic pillow fight tournament and why? Okay. Not, not that funny. Uh, no. Did you, did you go on my chat, GPT? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your answer, A lot Vicky? about pillow fights. Do I have a, a, any other parameter? You know, when every time you talk to me about chat, GPT, I get it confused with an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm obsessed with, like, what are the parameters of the question? Well, no, I would then have to prompt it with, say, yeah. give it more parameters. So I which didn't. character wins in a movie? Yeah, which pit? movie, which fictional character wins a pillow fight? The Terminator. Good answer. Thanks. Okay. Alex. Uh, I'm going for General Grievous from... Oh, nice, because he's four arms. Yeah, with, the, with those lightsabers when he's That's twirling the lightsabers. I mean, you twirl pillows at anyone like that. It doesn't matter whether it's a pillow or a lightsaber. Yeah. Someone coming, a droid, bionic... He does get of, killed almost immediately, though. No, he has a big fight. He's yeah. fighting a Jedi Knight. <laughs> <Which you're laughs> right. Yours wasn't, oh, it's a Jedi Knight, otherwise I wouldn't have picked General Grievous. Okay, fine. But yeah, those four spinning pillows that he comes towards That's a you great with. answer. Thanks. Considering yeah. you never responded, quote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a frigging list there. Um, interesting. Uh, incorrect. Okay, great. Because I then said to ChatGPT, which movie character would win in an epic pillow fight tournament and why? Okay. Uh, the answer comes through. In a hypothetical epic pillow fight tournament, it's oh. difficult to determine the ultimate winner as there are numerous movie characters with unique abilities that could give them an edge. However, one strong contender would be Neo from The Matrix, portrayed by Keanu Reeves. His exceptional b- abilities within The Matrix, human strength, agility and reflexes would make him an, a formidable opponent in a pillow fight. Additionally, his ability to manipulate The Matrix itself could give him an advantage in this competition, allowing him to dodge, block and counter opponents' pillow strikes with ease. A, great answer. Yeah, really B, good. slightly worrying. I mean, it's a film about the machines taking <laughs> over. Oh, yeah. It, this is a machine taking <laughs> oh, over. You joke. The guy, the head of the company that Google bought to front their AI department just resigned because he wanted to speak out against AI and he couldn't do that while he was still on the payroll of the company that Google bought that he fronted that's in charge of their AI resigned so he could say... We need to stop right I'm now. So excited! You know, now you Excited's wish you'd paid. Right it is. You wish you'd paid attention to my drunk accelerationism talks because I warned you of this. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, more for us and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think he was paying attention. No, he was more interested than Alex and me. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, finally, the singularity is coming. It is. Uh, finally, I yeah. asked ChatGPT one more question. Okay. 
I said, who is the funniest host on movie podcast Clash of the Titles? Oh, right. Why are you doing this? I think you're going to enjoy what comes back here. Okay. Just It'd be look. like, who? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> What's Clash of the Titles? Yeah. Need more parameters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clash of the Titles, the movie podcast, need more parameters. <laughs> but the, the host of Chris Alex and Vicky, more parameters. <laughs> The answer came through. It's difficult to definitively say who the funniest host is. What a hedgy little machine it is, by the way. Honestly. Love small talk. Because what it is, it's individual to Chris. So it's basically being really clever of going, and do you know what? I don't know. What do you you think, mate? (laughs) Give me more information. As humour is subjective and can vary from person to person. Yeah, that's true. Each host brings their unique perspective and sense of humour to the podcast to make it enjoyable for different reasons. Clash the Titles has three hosts. Alex Zane, Vicky Crompton, and Chris Hewitt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! It didn't. It didn't. Oh, no! Oh, babe! We're saved. AI. It's it's essential to listen to the podcast and decide for yourself who you find the funniest based on your preferences and humour. Not my words, the words of Chachi. Hi, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, Chris is a great podcast, a film journalist. He does a different podcast to this one. So there we go. We have half an answer. Amazing. And it it definitely doesn't include me. Oh, my God. Wow. That's your lot. Amazing. All right, then. That is us done with signs and done with the terrifying spectre of AI for another week. Uh, We are going to be talking about two brand new movies, clashing two brand new movies next week. It's my turn to give a clue, and your clue for next week's clash is a band apart. A band apart. Mm. Or's... Well, in a band apart, exclamation mark, underscore, symbol sign. Such the nice. (laughs) Uh, So that's your clue for next week's Clash. A band apart. There'll be another one coming on Twitter at ClashPod very soon. Uh, And that is it for this episode. Uh, We will be back on Thursday talking 2005's War of the Worlds and seeing which film will be victorious. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Bravely Get Your Podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. Till Thursday, have a great week. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.